This is AgriPulse Drive Time brought to you by the American Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of agriculture. Learn more at fb.org. Good Thursday afternoon. I'm Spencer Chase. The Senate has passed a landmark climate bill that could ease the access to carbon markets for farmers. The chamber passed the Growing Climate Solutions Act in a sweeping 92-8 to vote today. The legislation sets up USDA as a certifier of third-party officials who would verify carbon sequestration practices. Senate Ag Committee Chair Debbie Stabenow is the lead Democrat on the bill. She says the ag industry has moved quite a bit on this issue in recent years. For me, this has been a journey from 10 years ago when I authored the first carbon offset bill back in 2009 when we were first discussing the climate change legislation at that time and finding that there was a lot of concern, resistance, folks in agriculture and forestry not really sure about all of this. Fast forward to today, they are all in. The House still needs to consider its version of the bill, which has been introduced by Virginia Democrat Abigail Spanberger and Nebraska Republican Don Bacon. Phil Brasher has more on the passage of the bill in his story on agripulse.com. A bipartisan contingent of senators and the White House have reached an agreement on an infrastructure framework. The specifics are yet to be determined, but as things stand right now, that bipartisan package would include the roads, bridges, and other conventional types of infrastructure, A separate reconciliation package that would only need 50 votes in the Senate could then include the so-called social infrastructure priorities for Democrats. Nebraska Republican Deb Fisher says she supports efforts to improve the nation's roads, bridges, broadband, and other conventional infrastructure, but she's concerned about what might be in the reconciliation package. I'm not going to make a deal. Uh, saying that that I'll I'll vote for both of these bills. Obviously, I'm going to have an issue with the reconciliation, as as I think most Republicans will, because when you're talking, I I think that package is uh, adding more and more to uh, the cost of things. As we see inflation grow, that's going to continue to be a problem for families here in this country. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said today the House will not take up the bipartisan infrastructure package until the reconciliation measure also passes. There's more from Fisher, including thoughts on cattle markets and the Senate Ag Committee's approach after this week's hearing in our Washington Week in Review on agripulse.com. Finally today, weather is looking up in some parts of the Corn Belt, but drought is set to continue in others. Agripulse's Ben Nully has more. Heavy rain is expected in the Midwest the next few days. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says upwards of 5 to 10 inches could fall in some places. Primarily extending from the east central plains, so say eastern Kansas and southeastern Nebraska, extending northeastward into southern lower Michigan. That'll be the axis of those potential 5 to 10 inch rainfall totals. Obviously, with those thunderstorms occurring day after day for the next few days, It's likely to result in considerable flooding, both flash flooding and eventually river flooding. He says rain amounts will be lower in northeast Nebraska and northwest Iowa. Almost nothing is expected in the Dakotas and central Minnesota. These areas are already seeing severe or worse drought conditions. We'll get our first national look at corn silking in next week's crop production report. But I do expect that some of that earliest planted corn is already starting to tassel across the upper Midwest. Uh, Again, uh, that would be the earliest planted uh, crops. 
And we did have our first soybean uh, blooming report, and Iowa led the Midwest in soybeans blooming 7% of the crop already by June 20th, so that number is only going to increase. Rippy says the driest areas in the upper Midwest are getting into a critical growing period as crops continue to lack moisture. For AgriPulse, I'm Ben Nully. Now, here's a word from our sponsor. Today's Drive Time is brought to you by the American Farm Bureau Federation. The estate tax forced a teenage Ann Margaret Hughes to choose between her college savings and saving the farm. Unless Congress eliminates the estate tax or at least makes a higher exemption permanent, many more farm families will be forced to do the same. Learn more at fb.org. That's all for today's Drive Time. For more agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news, visit agripulse.com. Reporting in Washington, I'm Spencer Chase.